Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Bon, bon, bon. <laughs> Actually, right now, we're waiting to see you do a little sound check right now. Doing a little sound check. Turn us up, sweetheart. Hey, we, are we here? Let me hear you. No, I need to hear you. Hey. You, you talking to me. What's up? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Doing a little quick sound check real quick. Still waiting to hear the lady of the house speak. Got that seven second delay. I thought it was longer than seven seconds. Yeah. You got to take some more so we can. Hey, how you doing? Good morning. Waking big view all night. <laughs> it's been a minute, but we back. Who ain't it big with your feet? yeah. Oh. Wait, can y'all hear the lady in the house? Hey, there she is. <laughs> Excuse me, y'all, that's just a Rona. What's up, Owen? Drew, good morning, good morning. Marissa Lane, good morning. Chris Allen, what's up? Scroll up, I gotta talk to the people. Drew, what's up, baby? What's up, Drew? Good morning. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, again. Here we are. Another beautiful episode of Wake and Make We Be Mo. Yeah. You know, Owen is coming from um, coming from Ghana right now. Nice. Yeah. Are you still in Ghana, Owen? You still jumping rope in Ghana? What time is it in the motherland? Quick, I want to make a quick announcement, though. Before we even get the show started, I want to make a quick announcement. Um, her name is Imani. Her name is Imani, and see, here's here's what's happened, sweetheart. Here's what's happened. You know how uh, uh, Toby in Wingway? I think that's how you say his name. Goodness yeah. gracious! Um, you know how Toby in Wingway? He calls his wife Fat, yeah. Fat, right? Yeah. And so when they did the BET show, uh, she dropped the verse. Everybody jumped on Instagram and was like, oh, what's up? What's up with Fat? Hey, Fat, how you doing? And she like, whoa, 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 whoa. That ain't my name. <laughs> my name is, I forgot what her name is, but Toby calls me Fat. That's the only person that can call me Fat. I feel like by calling you Lady of the House, I somehow have streaked away your identity. How you feel about that? Yeah. <laughs> So we, uh, uh, although we lovingly call her the lady of the house, which I think some people think we married. I just, as you said in the car yesterday, I think that would be called the lady of the estate. If you will. <laughs> <laughs> um, her name is Imani. And I, 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 I appreciate y'all saying good morning to the lady of the house. We always appreciate that. We always appreciate. I try to be forceful about the inclusion of Imani into the show because the name of the show is Wake and Bake with BMO. Uh, but she is very integral part. If you caught the anniversary episode, you saw my whole diatribe and, and, and I waxed poetic for a few minutes about her importance to the show and not only to the show, but also to my life. So her name is Imani. She does have an identity that is outside of her connection with me, outside of her connection to the house, outside of her connection to the show. Her name is Imani. And I would appreciate if people respected her. Thanks. I and appreciate I think, that. No problem, sweetheart. I think that's as, as calm as I can say it. At the moment, because if I keep going, oh, it's going to get spicy. Oh Lord, we didn't oh, even start Lord, yet. <laughs> uh, welcome back to Wake and Make We Be Mo. Yeah, another quick announcement. He said, "Oh, good." What you say? I was gonna say he said it looked like he's using the new NFL cameras. <laughs> we use. Uh oh, hey. Here he said. <laughs> Excuse us, y'all. <clears throat> Camera quality is a little different. <laughs> hey man, hey man, we scooted the camera up, we fixed the lights. What's up, Ethos? Good morning, man. Woo! All right. Oh. God, forgive me with this cough. It's cold, Lord. <coughs> um, it's actually spelled with an E. Thanks for asking. 
Imani. Imani. The last uh, is an I, though. Yeah, the, the last letter is an Mara, I. Mara, if you will. Mara, <laughs> if you will. <clears throat> Ooh, pass me one of them things. One of what? Give me a lozenge or something. Which one? This? No, that one's too powerful. Well, actually, give me that one because it is too powerful. <laughs> okay. Um, I was joking earlier. We do not got the wrong, y'all. We passing the code back between oh. the two of us, which is hilarious. Well, I think we, we've passed we the precipice. The, yeah, we're over the... Passed <laughs> the precipice. Oh, no. What happened? So we going on a different story. Imani, <laughs> beautiful. So we do have some interesting things I want to talk about today. Um, I don't know if we on this. It's been two weeks, hasn't it? It's been. It's been. <laughs> Thanks, sweetheart. Um, it's been two weeks since we came back here, and. Uh, one day I'll tell the wake and bake with people nights when I drop it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna write the book. Like the book is gonna happen. The runaway best man is gonna happen. We're gonna have that show. Casey and JoJo. Nice. She changed the name. Nice, nice. Honestly, the runaway best man might be the name of the book. That's the name of the book. Oh, yeah. The name of the book is the runaway best man. It's one of the it's one of the greatest stories. It's actually a pretty fucked up story, but um. Uh, one day we'll come back. When I write the book, I'll let the Wake and Bake with Bebo Knights know that this was the time I was talking about that thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, the key element. Good morning. All right. Uh, oh, a couple of announcements before we get started, though. Um, we do have some things we want to talk about today. I do want to talk about what happened at Nelly's over the weekend mm. and my general thoughts about pride. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about moving silence into action, which is a, a, a phrase that helped me get through some very tough times in the last couple of weeks. And then uh, I want to talk about respectability politics. Okay. Because because uh, of things. <laughs> I wrote some other things down in my... Oh, yeah, I forgot my little picture. Hey, my oh, yeah. butt right there. <laughs> <laughs> you can't show um, uh, A couple of things I want to tell you about. Oh, uh, today, actually, June 15th. Yeah. I didn't make any fanfare about it. I didn't make any hoopla about it. But today, uh, we enter into our fifth year of entrepreneurism. Full-time. We don't got a full-time position. Full-time entrepreneurial. We start journey of year five. Oh, it's tomorrow, right? Well, today is when I quit. Oh, okay. Tomorrow is okay. when I would have uh, uh, got my hair locked and then left. Okay. I, I retired my first position. Uh, f- is it five? I cannot believe it's been five years. Four years. Five years? Four years. Fucking time is weird. I just completed year four? Three? No, I just completed year three. I'm going into year four of full-time entrepreneurism, and it has been a beautiful journey. Um, don't get me wrong. I've been evicted twice, and I'm just now making some money, but we finally made it. You feel me? <laughs> We gonna do it over here. Why I'm so juicy? It's because I left the. It's because I left the wake and bake with people nice with nothing, with nothing to listen to. Oh, while we're here, I had so many topics that came and gone over the last couple of weeks. One of the reasons why we went a little quiet, minus the minus the things that happened over the last couple of weeks. One of the reasons was I've been I've been really watching Instagram reels and TikTok compilations. And social media as a whole. And then I look at the clips that we're making. And I look at some of the work we're doing here on Wake Up Bake with BMO. And I see we've been doing this for 14, 15 months now. And man, I t- social media is just so unimpressive. <laughs> like I have, I have gotten to the point now. I'm watching reels and I'm watching Instagram stuff. And I'm just like. How is this popular? Right. Like the whole thing that Instagram is doing right now where like somebody makes a video and then somebody remixes that video. There's literally a nigga on here right now who has 1.1 million followers. And all he does is make very obvious reactions to other people's reaction videos. Wow. Then I see individuals like my man, Kabi Lane. Kabi Lane. Kabi Lam. African dude. uh, African savage guy. the The guy who does this. To all the life hack videos. 
I see that my man's is number four in the world as it comes to patronage. Hmm. He's the number four most followed person on the planet. It's crazy. The Rock, Beyonce, whoever number three is, and Kabi Lam. Just to do a direct comparison, think about it. The Rock professionally got his ass whooped for six the first 16 years of his career. He's the most followed person on the planet. Beyonce, child star, since she was, what, 13? Yeah. Forfeited her education to become Beyonce. Number two. I don't know who number three is. And then the nigga... The nigga who does life hack, life hack videos and does this shit here is the number four most followed person in the world. I'm so unimpressed. <laughs> Shout out to my man, though, because, like, you know, if you hack the system, you hack the system. And we always want to see black folks win, no matter where you are in the diaspora. But God damn it, son. Yeah. All this shit is, I'm so unimpressed. I swear I ain't seen a good movie in two years. I swear I've seen some I've seen some pretty decent movies. I've seen some I movies. I ain't seen a damn good movie in a long time. Drew, you already know. Drew out here, you out you out here in the gaming in the gaming service on Twitch every day doing the work, complicated work, complex work, trying to engage somebody's mind at least a little bit. And this nigga out here doing this. <sighs> Honey's girls, you know what it is. Mm-hmm. Oil on canvas. I'm so unimpressed. And here I am chopping up these clips. Here I am 90 minutes on a clip on YouTube to show how Kwame Brown could be right. I know not a lot of people are not going to like it, but God damn. <laughs> Oh, social media is so impressive. Here's what I suggest you do because we are a solution-baked podcast. Here's what I suggest you do. As you are scrolling through your Instagram reels, as you are looking through Twitter content, as you are going through TikTok content, and you find yourselves more and more and more and more and more unimpressed, let these niggas know. You might get blocked. So what? You might need to be blocked. (laughs) That's true. Drew said some people are lucky like that. Think of when you two first started. We had the sitting in the toilet video and other garbage. Oh, my God. But at least sitting on the toilet was at least a somewhat creative song. Sitting on the toilet. <laughs> but you know what? Toilet, that huh? just made me think of something. Like, you know, on Twitter when it seems like people will. Let me roll this blunt. Go ahead. Yeah, when people post garbage or, like, you know, throwaway tweets, those blow up and become super popular. But when they actually talk about something, when they're actually trying to teach and I've even seen people say like nobody ever pays attention to my account when I'm actually talking about something but when I post bullshit it blows up you see I think that's the nature you got a good point there Imani lady of the house now I don't know what to call you you got a good point I told you I don't like when you call me Imani sorry (laughs) you're right Uh, you got a good point lady of the house Um, wait make your point again that um, oh garbage blows up yeah sometimes I wonder I wonder if the garbage blowing up is 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 indicative of an algorithm or do we like shit? Right, right. Which is it? Or is it both? Or is it... Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, oh, 80Nice asked me, how do I feel about no likes finally being an option on Instagram? I have a comparable thing. Oh, you know what that makes me think of, 80 Shots? That makes me think of that BuzzFeed is now going to start paying some of the freelancers who contribute to the site based on, like, clicks and shit, right? So they weren't paying them before? No, they weren't paying them before. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so these freelancers are basically giving up their work or having their work stolen by BuzzFeed, but mm-hmm. BuzzFeed got a Pulitzer uh, a couple days ago. What? I mean, they, they do some investigative journalism. I mean, yeah, they do, know. but... Um, which I have another note on the Pulitzer, on the on the Pulitzer citation, but um, 
uh, it reminds me that BuzzFeed built a whole reputation industry website um, content repertoire around free, underpaid, and stolen content. And then once they are awarded, now they want to start giving money back. It's the same thing I feel about Instagram taking off likes. You've already created this mm. culture in which people are are dying for attention, striving mm-hmm. for likes, looking for this wild type of engagement that's based on popularity and not necessarily substance. Right. This has already happened. So now you're trying to remove likes. That don't mean shit to me. Right. It don't mean shit to me unless you can remove some of the social anxiety that you're going to put in these kids' head. It don't, it don't mean shit to me unless you can go back in time and erase the whole thought process of four to grand. But no, nah, you built this system, this addictive system that people needed in order to get some type of uh, uh, valid, uh, validation from their posts. Mm-hmm. You intentionally designed it so that it would be in, uh, addictive. You intentionally designed it so that you would hide likes from people so they could continually check the app to see if they were getting approval from their friends. You did these things intentionally. Right. Served up an algorithm based on likes intentionally. You did this thing intentionally and now you want to take it away? Fuck you, Instagram. I said it on your platform. Fuck off. Although I do want to kind of cut cut down on the cussing a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. I have noticed that when I'm talking and I'm speaking uh, and I'm making good points, uh, if I start cussing, people start laughing. That actually bothers me a little bit. Mm. Um, good morning. What up, cuz? That's my cousin right there. Nice. Good morning. That's my cousin. Um, what was I just saying? What was I just saying? Oh, Instagram, you have already created a culture in which the likes were the currency that people needed to encourage themselves to do, uh, uh, um, to be on your platform. And now that you're taking that off, come on. Come on. Come on, son. That's jacked up. You see me beating no. myself? <laughs> Although I think censoring might be a little worse. Might be a little worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's jacked up, fam. <laughs> I think that's malarkey. So yeah, that's what I think about that situation. Um, pride, though. I want to tell you a little story. Okay. I don't know if I told the story on here because I feel like I told this two weeks ago on Over the Shoulder. Make sure y'all are checking out Over the Shoulder podcast. The shit is good. We are in our bag. Oh my God. Over the Shoulder has been really good these last couple of weeks. Of course, we are brought to you by the Bridge Podcast Network. Uh... Uh, starter label, run it, sign yourself. That's what we did here on Wake Up Bake with BMO. We are so glad that we are here. Thank you to the Washington Informer, Black News. You know, I wouldn't go join no network that wasn't black. <laughs> um, but I said this on Over the Shoulder. I said that when I was a child, um, good morning. What's up, Sab? I missed you. Good morning. Yo, if I had the five, Sab, I'd, be, I'd, I'd invest in the shoes today. Tell my mans I am ready to invest. I just got to get paid a couple times. Um, 80 Shot says, I think it's in, counter, uh, I think it's counterproductive because the artist posting can still see the likes, just not the people who follow. Yeah, that's kind of stupid. Right. What's up, Janelle? But I want I want to tell the story. When I was a kid, I don't know if I told this on the on the show. Maybe I did. Um, when I was a kid in 1993, the yeah. rainbow wasn't gay. Yeah. Not at least on a on a public scale. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. Adopted as the LBGTQ flag until 96, 95, I think was when I read in the research, 95 or 96, which is why you have shows like The Reading Rainbow that were popping off. Right. And as a kid, just objectively, I fucking love the rainbow. Yeah. There's this big thing in the sky with all these colors that had a pot of gold in it, and the Lucky Charms dude was excited about it. I love the rainbow. Um, But then somebody convinced me that because the rainbow represented uh, homosexuality, LBGT community, uh, and, and things of that nature, I allowed them to convince me that these things were negative, and because I was not a part of that community, I had to uh, 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 refrain, refrain from the situations. Mm-hmm. And that was so fucked up, because the rainbow has been popping, was popping, is popping. Yeah. When I did the research onto how the rainbow flag became, I was so impressed. Yeah. I was so impressed 
uh, I can't remember the guy's name, so excuse me because I didn't take my OBGT classes in school because they didn't offer them. I can't remember the guy's name, but back in the 60s, um, a gay man said that uh, as a gay person, their job, their duty as a gay person is to live out loud and live as freely as possible, regardless of what the social stigmas around homosexualities were. Homosexuality is. And so he thought a flag, just a general type of flag, would be the best way to garner pride and support for the gay community. Mm -hmm. Uh, And to him, the biggest flag, the biggest way to be out would be essentially the earth flag, the rainbow, the biggest thing in the sky, right? So I want to be as out as the rainbow. The rainbow becomes the rainbow becomes the 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 symbol for uh, the gay community in the '60s. If I had my notes up right now, I could tell you that each one of those colors back then it was eight colors. They adopted those eight colors in the '60s because they didn't have the technology to create the extra two colors, which is crazy. That's how old it was. Hmm. Um, each one of those things meant a thing. And then, this is my favorite part of the story. My favorite part of the story is, so that, the rainbow flag was the gay flag. Mm-hmm. 23 years later, though, I don't know what happened. Had to be a conference. Had to be a phone call. Had to be a riot. Had to be some type of action. I see black women here somehow. I don't know where, because I ain't take the classes. 23, 23 years later, that gay flag gets adopted into a symbol for LBGTQ in general. Mm-hmm. And when I read the story, I was like, that is so fucking impressive. Mm-hmm. How many nuanced conversations happened in those 23 years to separate and to differentiate and to highlight and to de-minimize and to centralize all these different perspectives of queer life? Right. How amazing is that? Pride is lit. I don't know if y'all ever, I don't know if y'all knew this, but Pride is Pride is pretty dope. So check this out. Check this out. Did y'all y'all seen what's happening? You seen what's happening over in Nellis? Lady of the House, we talked about it. I'm talking yeah. facetiously to the crowd right mm-hmm. now. Y'all see what's happening in Nellie's? So on Sunday, I'm taking. On Sunday at Nellie's, young lady gets dragged out from Nellie's by her hair. By her golden braid. She gets dragged down the steps of Nellie's. The niggas that she was with, I think they were some gay gentlemen, some niggas she was with and some niggas uh, that was outside saw security guard dragging this young lady downstairs. And apparently the security guard thought that she was smuggling bottles or whatever. I don't know if the crime fits the the crime fits the the punishment, but dragged the young lady down the stairs. And the, the best thing I appreciate, appreciate about the story is that when the black men, when these gay black men saw what was happening, instant action. Instant action. Hands were laid actively, 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 actively protect black women. (coughs) I cannot believe it. When I saw the video, I could not believe it. So in the in the backlash of the video, of course Nellie's is trash, right? Nellie's is the same. Two years ago, Nellie's is the same organization. After somebody died from police brutality, instead of putting up a Black Lives Matter or support for minority communities, they put up a blue li- a, a blue lives um, flag. What? Not even the sign. They put up. They flew the flag. Got uh-uh. that. Um, I loved it. I loved it. I hated to see that young lady being pulled down the stairs. But I love to see the moment when niggas looked up and was like, oh, no. Right. Actively, 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 actively protect black women. There was only one option. Lay hands. Right. We do. We about to have a, a, a conference up in this motherfucker. Lay hands. Good morning, Shekinah. Good morning. Hey, Lon, good morning. Oh, damn. Wow. And we got carpet, so. <laughs> Damn. That was the gas, too, man. That's the exotics. That was the exotics. Uh, what you doing? <laughs> oh, sweetheart. I don't want to roll it because I know what's been on that car. 
I dropped the weed, y'all. On the carpet, all the good gas. Anyway, uh, while I get my shit together, I want y'all to check out some of the fallout that happened yesterday. Uh, Who I think will be the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week Award winner. Ooh, not, the Zaza. <coughs> not the Zaza. Not the Zaza, exactly. <laughs> I want y'all to listen to my man. Oh, man, y'all know I'm terrible with names. Did you write it down? Oh, no. <laughs> I put it in the file. What's my man's name? Oh, it's Mitchum something. Where's my phone? I'm sorry, y'all. The boy's name is important, but I can't remember it right now. Y'all watch this video while I try to get my shit together. I think one of the important takeaways from the situation that I learned from this is that the first pride was a riot? Yeah, wow. Mm. Let's check out, we'll see what my man got. <laughs> he actively told us things like, the fights are happening because we're playing too much hip hop. Because there's too much Hennessy being served. Right? So we just want to be very clear that what we're actually understanding from Nelly is they've been racist. We saw the actions last night. We see it on video. Nelly's had a caption earlier today on Instagram that said it's under investigation. What the fuck do you need to investigate when it's on film? We've seen it. We've seen many black folks be killed on film just for them to make excuses afterwards. This is not just a reality for black straight people. We know good and damn well how many black queer, trans, and non-binary families are killed, are violated, yeah, keep dropping are them facts, y'all. Keep dropping them facts. Day. Just for white establishments and white companies and white corporations to say it's under investigation. No matter what I've tried to say and do during my past fighting against the racism at Nelly's, Nelly's has always stood steadfast in their racism. Why? Because capitalism abounds. Whiteness abounds. No matter how much we try to do and don't be confused, it may have been a black security guard last night. But we know whiteness occupies black skin too. Whoop. We see it with the mayor every single day. Whoop. So let's not be confused about who actually owns and operates Nelly. It is us. It is our bodies on the line every single day. We are here. And that's why we say no justice. No justice. No justice. No justice. It is inexcusable for any black person, no let a black woman, to be dragged Shot at the mayor is my favorite part. Though. Social security tracked her, her hair and her women, body down the steps and beat her. We need to stay steadfast. And regardless of if she had a bottle or not, just want to give a nobody should have been placing their hands on. We had the first riot for black queer people that we actually recognize to this day. Stonewall, but it was not the first riot. We had Cooper's Donuts. We had the Black Cat Tavern. We had many things that we were actually protesting against. And we know almost 50 years later, people like Marsha P. Johnson, here it is, here it is, here it is. are rolling over in their graves because of how much they see these white and black people still coming to Nelly's. Still after appropriating our culture. With black lives matter on the window. Still after music. Still after stealing our bodies. Still after commodifying our culture. Still after gentrifying our communities. Still after stealing our information. Still, still, still. It is inexcusable for a black person to be dragged from the top. Do y'all see the top? This way. They're guarding it right now because, of course, the cops really care about property and not people. Right? Because we know cops care about property and not people. We see them every in front of Nelly, but not in front of us. They let a man hit a woman over here. No one's That was there. me. No one was there. They didn't give a fuck. So, when I say respect black women, y'all say protect black women. Respect black women. Protect black women. Respect 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 black 
Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. This might be one of the most revolutionary things that I've seen in my lifetime. Yeah. Like while my feet were on the earth, while my hands have been on the ground, that might be one of the most revolutionary things that I've ever seen. It's the short shorts for me. Uh, Honestly, my man Jeremy Hurtay told us in the Let's Talk Bruh book club, he said that every time a man wears short shorts, the patriarchy dies 10 points. <laughs> and my man was out front, short shorts, long socks, giving them the business. What'd he say? He said, oh, he, said he said, he said, he uh, said, on the fact that the security guard was black, he said, we know he was black, but we know that whiteness embodies everything, including black bodies. Shout out to the mayor. Woo! <laughs> yes! Oh my goodness, the half-tucked right. in shirt, boy. Right. Boy. <laughs> right. He didn't have time to tuck it all in, okay? I had to get to action. I had to get to work. <laughs> oh man, that's something, that is, what's my man's name? Uh, what my phone? Mitchum, Paul, Jamon, what's the name? What's his name? What? Somebody. Lord, I'm not trying to disrespect the man. I just smoke a lot of weed and I don't remember names well. Uh, hold on, let me see if I can find my man's name on my Instagram. I put his stuff up in the stories yesterday. Make sure you go check it out. I actually went to his profile yesterday. Oh, my man's is about that smoke. Preston Mitch, Preston Mitchum. Preston Mitchum. <coughs> my Paul, somebody let him know. The Paul Robeson Negro of the Week Award winner. The revolutionary, the outspoken, the boisterous, the protectorate of black women in this situation, Preston Mitchum. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Um, um, as I started out with the story, like I, I'm going to be honest with you, him telling those facts about Pride, the first time I heard this shit. Ever. Ever. I tweeted yesterday that I know more about Germany than the history of queer Americans. Isn't that crazy? And I'm very disappointed in that. Um, <laughs> Chris Allen talking about something. I can't believe y'all let that lady get away with slandering our sauce. Yeah, look, we ain't let her do shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know who's that? Hmm? Do you know who's that? Because I'm, I'm, I'm about to tag me. <laughs> His at is at Preston. What's right here? The big the fights are happening because what's At Preston Mitchum. Put in the chat and tell him that he won the Paul Rubis, the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week Award. Okay. Very impressed with you, young man. Very impressed. Um did my camera go off again? No, I didn't. Oh my God! Where was Wale? Where was Shy Glizzy? They weren't there. They weren't there. It is interesting to know that, like, I guess that's kind of indicative of my echo chamber. I didn't hear about this, this protest or anything that was going down. Ain't nothing that works. Not Wale. Uh, 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 uh. Where was Shy Glizzy? Nah. Nah, and I'm definitely over entertainers trying to trying to be the representatives of what we're trying to do. Okay. Nah, this boy right here is a revolutionary. And I appreciate him. And I appreciate you actively, 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 actively. Um, mm. You just reminded me that we have talked about pride on, on the precipice a couple of times. We got to do it more than... We got any gay brothers in the, in, on the precipice? What does that conversation look like? Oh. Hmm. You saw G's comment? Side note. The New Static Shock comic book dropped today. Please support and celebrate the return of Milestone. Com oh, word? All right, bet. Hey, put the link in my um put the link in my DMs, Drew. I'm going def to definitely do that. Good morning, Detroit. <coughs> uh, what's up, Roshan? Roshan Barnes. I sent your uh, uh, profile to somebody else, and they like really laughed at it. 
I need to hit your line about some streaming shit too. What's up, by uh, KZA? I appreciate you for joining. Again, we we're just sitting here for a moment as we started smoking on blunts. For a moment, just sitting here appreciating Preston Mitchum for his great work and his great speaking yesterday at the at the protest outside of Nelly's. Fuck Nelly's, apparently. That's what that's what my black uh, gay brothers and sisters are telling me. Good morning, Empress. <laughs> I do have a really funny story about Nelly's, though. Okay. I told you the time. My homegirl Gladys was having a uh, birthday party on a Sunday. Now, I didn't know Nelly's was a gay bar at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, my homegirl Gladys was having a birthday party at the, at the, at the Nelly's during the Sunday during the drag brunch. Didn't know it was a drag brunch. So I walk in. I see, like, the, when you first walk in, they got the buffet there, right? And they got the songs playing. And I don't know if y'all know this, but Shania Twain's Feel Like a Woman, that's my jam. Yeah. That's my jam. So I got a plate of bacon uh, and some hash browns and a cup of coffee. And I'm walking towards the main saloon, right? Because that's, that's what they say they are. You can hear all the people hooping and hollering. I think they hooping and hollering at, um, um, at Shania Twain. So I walk in, you know, doing a little jig, doing a little dance. I see a lady dancing in front of me. I'm like, hey. Was not a lady. She was part of the show. It was a drag show. (laughs) Now, I've been non-homophobic for a long time, so it didn't bother me. But I was just like, oh, oh, well, all right. Mm -hmm. All right, well, I guess I'm that guy at the brunch now. Whatever. Um, What are they talking about? Nelly's been shitty for years. Is there, one of the things that Preston said that I thought was a good point, is there a safe place for black gay people to go? Yo, Chris said, I've never heard an establishment called a saloon ever not be racist. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, something about saloon says, nigga, wait outside. Don't it? Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, oh, it, oh, that was the question I asked. Is there a safe place for black queer people to go? What about the Wicked Bloom? I went to the Wicked Bloom one time for uh, my man Dante Pope had a show. I just thought it was a regular show. Mm-hmm. You know I went to the Wicked Bloom. I walk in and like it's like 45 lesbians staring at me like, what are you doing here? I'm yeah. like, All right, well, mm-hmm. I'm going to get this shot of whiskey and then I'm going to go. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. And then, oh, I ended up bumping into the same homegirl that took me to Nelly's. Nice. But she told me I had to go. So I was like, all right, well, I get it. I mean, whatever. Interesting, though. Interesting. Safe place for gay black folks, queer black folks, trans black folks to go. Interesting. The term cowboy was a derogatory term for uh, black folk who handled livestock. Wicked Bloom has awesome brisket. Delicious. <laughs> oh, Michael, were you with me? <clears throat> Michael, were you there at the Wicked Bloom? It was a good time. It was a good time. All right, what else we got? <laughs> I cannot believe I dropped the gas, y'all. I'm so disappointed in myself. Wait a minute. Wow. <laughs> Wake and bake with B Mo, yeah. That's, that's a good point, though. What's that? Detroit. Mm. Met you there, Doc. Lived across the street at the time. That's right, that's right, that's right. <coughs> um, Detroit River says, Jordan, I woke up wondering where the safe places for black people in general. I had an interesting dream not too long ago. I tell y'all this. I had a dream that one day I had a dream that one day black people all of a sudden discovered an innate power to be like translucent and by translucent I mean like kitty pride like I can walk through walls like nothing can phase me translucent and it turned out the way superpower worked is every time we reached a certain stress level the power would automatically like engage yeah. So if you didn't like, 
if you didn't watch the stress levels, you could very well just fall into the floor or fall into the earth if you were too stressed. And the way the powers worked, every time that you went translucent, like it was good for your health. Like your, your blood pressure went back to the regular place or you lost a couple of cholesterol points or you lost 10 pounds yeah. or some shit like that, right? In my dream, and in my dream, the way it worked is like, the way it worked is when George Floyd's neck was getting kneeled on. That's when everybody figured out the party. Everybody figured out that they had the power because the nigga just stood up. Like he was on the ground getting arrested because, you know, okay, I'm getting arrested. But then he was like, you know what? Fuck this. And just stood up mm-hmm. and walked away. Yeah. And then in my mind went to like a, 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 a collage or a montage of different events. Trayvon Martin not getting shot. This is going to be sad. I don't want to go down the road. Um, but anyway, yeah, I had a dream. And I was like, that's very interesting. That'd be kind of cool. He said, write that. I should write that? I should write that down? Uh, I'm going to write that down. That shit was interesting. That shit was interesting. If you can, uh, just a little dream exercise. If you can, next time you're dreaming, try to focus on one thing. I woke up the lady now. We've been in and out of these... Um, uh, delirious dreams from the NyQuil but uh, in the midst of one of them I think I told what I tell you lady in the house about uh, the vase yeah. the vase yeah it, I was, it didn't change right I was in my dream and I was looking at a vase and I was staring at the vase and it didn't change like, it didn't ripple, it didn't magically turn into a worm, it didn't shatter, it didn't change colors, it didn't vibrate. I looked at a vase in my dream, and it remained a vase. Hmm. So then I looked at a waste basket. Not a trash can, not a garbage can, a waste basket. And it didn't change. Mm-hmm. And I woke up astonished. One... Has my imagination died? God damn. Uh, That's what I dream about now? A vase and a wastebasket? <laughs> Jesus. I used to have way better dreams than that. <clears throat> but two, I was astonished at the fact that even in my sleep, my brain could focus on something with consistently, constantly, <clears throat> and not waver. That was weird to me. Mm. Even in sleep. And it wasn't real. Anyway. Because you're still, even though you're unconscious, you're still conscious. Like, yeah. Break it down. No, oh, I can't. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I just feel like, um, you still okay. So like, if you are stressed about something, if you're thinking about something before you go to bed, there's a chance that you would probably dream about it, but. I feel like that has to do with, you know, your cognitive cognitive sense or whatever. Okay. Um, so even though you're asleep, you're unconscious, like there's still a part of your brain that's aware of something. Huh. Detroit asks, do you look up dream meetings? Do you look up dream meetings? I used to, but now I kind of like understand. So I, I just like, I usually write them down and then I like, analyze it and I'm like okay I think this is what this means or yeah if I don't know then I'll look it up interesting you know I think respectability politics is getting a bad rap okay um we had the great bonnet debate in which if you didn't listen to the episode I think it's one of our better episodes in which my whole you can hear from the beginning of the episode to the end of the episode, one of my favorite things about the show, which is me being wrong in public, finding it out, and then rectifying that. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you haven't checked out the episode, definitely check out those episodes and the other episodes that we got on Wake and Bake and BMO on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc., etc. Uh, brought to you by the Bridge Podcast Network, right? Mm-hmm. So... I'm seeing that the, the the bonnet debate is not necessarily happening, but there seems to be, and I, I can see that this could be an output of my age, 
same <laughs> class that I was raised in. It seems that like in the defense of the bonnet has been a attack on I don't know, a attack on respectability politics. And I don't want to call it respectability politics because I feel like that's a trigger word that is that is designed to make you disagree with it. Okay. And I also don't want to call it um, I forgot what else. What do black people call it when you look good, when you look outside, when you're trying to look good at Ooh. putting on airs? Yeah, we're right. Right. I also don't want to call it that because I feel like that's another trigger term to try to make you feel a certain way about it. Um, and y'all know my, uh, y'all know my philosophy on here, on, on here, I'm a big Monique supporter. And although I think <coughs> some of what she said was blown out of context, some of what she said was just directly wrong as, at the same time. <clears throat> Black mid matters, right? Mm -hmm. Meaning that we don't have to be perfect to be respected. Mm -hmm. Black mid matters means we don't have to be perfect to be respected. But as I was talking about social media earlier, God damn. Should we be celebrating the unimpressive? Should we be celebrating the unimpressive? Celebrating? Or even... Uh, acknowledging? Accepting. Accepting. Oof. Mm. Oof. Geronimo asked me a question yesterday. I think we're going to have a whole podcast about it tomorrow. He asked if there are any black traditions completely absent of whiteness. And I've been really thinking about that. Really thinking about that. W Webby the Boys would have like to have a word because he believes that black people are inhibited with the dual consciousness, right? So that means that we have both blackness we have both Africanness and Americanness that makes us a, a unique creature, a unique individual. Um, so, when the older generation says that there was a standard in which they set for themselves to be viewed in public, I feel like that is, in, that is interpreted and is the same thing as respectability politics. The belief or the feeling that how one carries themselves is a direct output of how society will treat them. Hmm. Uh, and which we know, just like capitalism won't save us, respectability politics won't save us. But mm -hmm. I feel like as people say capitalism won't save us, they don't, often, they don't often consider the opposite side, which means capitalism won't destroy us. At the same time, respectability politics won't save us. I also feel like respectability politics won't destroy us if it's that extreme. That's just my opinion. Because if they killing if they killing niggas for being niggas, regardless of how you respect yourself, mm -hmm. they killing niggas for being niggas. That's true. Okay, that's fair. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. If they if they not giving niggas opportunities because of money, regardless of how you spend your money, they not giving niggas opportunities because because of money. Right. That's what I mean by the opposite. The opposite is the same thing. It's the, to me, the opposite is parallel and true. Damn, that's really sad, though. Um, but I'm at, I'm kind of, I'm semi asking that. Uh, I'm semi asking that because like I don't. Uh, oh, it's so complicated. She kind of just made a good point. Scroll up for a second. She kind of said black women she has autonomy over their own bodies. We don't as a result of white supremacy, which is absolutely true. I don't want to talk about this no more. I don't want to talk about this no more. What? Why do we keep talking about this? Yes, you are free to do with your body as you want to. But why would you want to be 
unimpressive. What if those are not your intentions, but that's all you <laughs> that's all you can do? Well, be unimpressive? Yeah. <laughs> like, what if unimpressive is your best? Does that mean there's no space for you? You don't need better clothes to dress better. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like impressive, the level of impressive, which I feel like this might be the wrong word, even the, the wrong scale, but I feel like the level of impression is not uh, a, a static scale. It's not a scale that just exists in the ethos that everybody has to measure up to. I believe that um, uh, uh, shit, I lost my thought. Oh, I believe that everybody doing everybody should be able to do their best, and when you do your best, that's when you're impressive. Yeah, and I'm saying like, what if that's even unimpressive? Well, I, 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 don't I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I don't know. I, I prior to this conversation, I would have said that. <coughs> I would have said that. Well, not even prior to this conversation. If you were to ask, what are the, what are one of the traditional characteristics of black people through history? One of my responses, if you had kept collecting my responses, would have been, looking good. Okay. Dress well. Especially in public. Um, I, don't, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I'm having a hard time communicating what I'm trying to say. What I'm, uh, I'm trying to say that respect politi- respectability politics, being presentable in public, I don't know. I think I have a question. Well, we, go ahead. Um, I guess this is my burning question. Um, why do you think black people treat other black people, I guess, yeah, basically respectability politics, but, like, why do you think that we determine how we treat each other based on appearance? Say it one more time. Why do you think black people determine how we treat each other based on our appearance? Like, I think this is something that only black people do. I don't, I don't feel like that's an uh, indication of a problem. I don't know. I don't know. I'm actually, I'm actually very, I'm very in the woods on this one right now. I'm very lost right now. Why do black people treat each other, what was the question again? Uh, based on their appearance. Um, I think it's, I think it could be a couple of things. I think it definitely could be fear. Um, black people had to felt like they had to look a certain way in order to be protected in this country. You had to look American to be American. We see how xenophobia plays out right now. So I imagine, I mean, I wasn't around in the sixties. I have to ask other people Um, but at the same time as I'm saying that I can't I can't say that how if it is a survival if it is if it was a survival tactic Mm -hmm. then what did it develop into right just like if eating chitlins was a survival tactic then what did it turn into some people would say that you shouldn't eat that shit no more some people say it's a cultural delicacy right that's how I feel right now as well. Like the thought that the thought to be purposefully. And again, the, this is the wrong word, but I'm going to keep using it for consistency. The thought to be purposefully unimpressive in public to me follows through that same line. Some people would say 
do the fuck you want to do. Some people would say you are disrespecting a tradition of blackness. True. Um, and I believe that I believe that conversation is like the reason why I'm I'm, I'm even having a hard time talking about it because there is a a warring conversation in my head right now. Yeah. Um, about what is acceptable, what is unacceptable, and I'm talking specifically, specifically about a bonnet, not headscarves, not head wraps, not the traditional things that we see from the motherland or from other countries or even within the African diaspora uh, perspective here in America. I'm talking specifically about the bonnet, which I like the silk bonnet with elastic bands to me is a very specific thing to black culture. I have not seen many other people Especially like the thing that you wear to bed, the thing that you do to protect your hair, specifically the elastic band silk bonnet with the pleats. I can't name another. I've never seen another image with that. I've seen the, I've seen the, the old white European pictures with the white bonnets that were made out of cloth and shit. But like this very specific preparation thing to go to sleep. Hmm. I mean, part of me wonders if, well, one, only black women wear it because it's a protective, you know, protective. Right. Um, but I'm also wondering, like, if black women didn't wear it because it was protective, would it be a fashion statement? I mean, it's a, I mean, it's like wearing pajamas in public. That's how I look at it. And to me, that's some white girl shit. Dude, again, all this is based on the thing that, like, uh, you could, I am of the agreement that you can do whatever the fuck you want to do with your bonnet. You can do what the fuck you want to do. The question that I'm asking is, like, I guess the question that I'm asking is, like, is this, let's take it away from the bonnet in general, is being... Is wearing your bed clothes in public contradictory to a black tradition? Oh, we got a couple of minutes. Let's read these comments real fast. Sheesh. Oh, wow. Okay, here we go. Okay. Um, black. Women, okay, okay. Yes. Uh, what's up, Is? Uh, because it makes certain black people think that once they reach a certain level of success, they can now be like white people. And white people tend to do the bare minimum or delegate their work to others. Everyone needs to be celebrated, especially for the effort. That's what uh, uh, Jordan says. Goes on to say dual consciousness. The boys talks about is a recipe for high stress. Um, Q agrees with Honey's Girls. Honey Girls then says, what if you're fucking depressed? You may be unoppressive to the outside world but a hero in your personal life for just getting out of bed and taking a bath. Mm -hmm. Exactly, Honey's Girl says Detroit Rivers, your best is very associated, Michael says your best is very rarely associated with a lack of exceptional effort or preparation. Uh, that's, she kind of says that's an opinion rather than fact, the bonnet is unimpressive. Honey's Girl then said, who's determined what is impressive? How come people can't just mind the business? You never know what someone is going through, finances, mental health, time, there are so many factors. Mm -hmm. She then agrees with you. Um, other people are agreeing with you. Um, Honey's Girl says, why don't we treat people with respect and care just because they are people and deserve it, right. not because what they may or may not have or look like. Right. He says, we're trapped by aesthetics. We are harmed and heralded based on <coughs> our aesthetics. I think that's to, the, to your question. Uh, I feel like I might lose y'all here in a second. In order to survive, we adapted to a social policy that included fitting in and being excellent. It's not about the look. It's about dangling carrot of an uh, interrogation in my, or in integration, huh? integration, integration in front of us, in my opinion, uh, dangling carrot of oh. assimilation. Oh, okay. <laughs> Some enslaved African women were required to wear hair coverings by law in the South. Mm. Yes, you counted because they said our natural textures were unpresentable. Acceptable is truly between you and God. Uh, 
but you can't separate the history from the bonnet. Uh, have y'all had the do rag versus bonnet convo? Yep, check out the episode that was the other day. Uh, a white lady tried to say she invaded bonnet. Please, <laughs> please, please, please. Um, I'm not gonna read the rest of that comment. Uh, yeah, but they made them Chinese slippers and shit fashion. It's ratchet to white people put it on runways and magazines. I think you hold black people in regard, regardless of uh, white gays. Tradition is a key word. The one thing I struggle with too, I struggle accepting hip hop that doesn't match my protesting of tradition. Is do rag acceptable? Why not this bonnet? You gotta listen to the episode. Uh, on Apple Podcasts, a great bonnet debate. We definitely talked about um, the difference between the bonnet and, and the do-rag, so definitely check that out. A um, lot of great comments there. Uh, I want, If we can, in this, in this very black space, the next time we have this conversation, I definitely want to alleviate, I want to take out the whiteness from this conversation. If we were to try to solve for X by taking out white, I think we should... Um, I think we should do that and try to analyze this on a purely black, uh, and a, on a purely black level, but more focused on traditions. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, I think this is just me now. If you were to ask me what were the traditional characteristics of blackness, and just told me to just go off, one of the things that I would say is that we look good. Okay. Um, we wear gold. We like shiny shit. Like we are beautiful people based on our standards. Um, and so, uh, uh, amongst those standards, like, and that's just a thought. If that is a, if we are to, uh, Honey's Girl says some traditions are steeped in trauma. Ooh. I it's mean, true. the whole blackness is steeped in trauma. That's what we are. We're more than trauma, though. You and I are descendants of slaves, right? Yeah. And if everything that we did after slavery was an attempt to survive and reach liberation and be our true selves out of slavery, then like our whole tradition is in response to enslavement. Okay. Our tradition is I also, 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 I've also been reading Afro pessimism, which is about the centralization. The, the whole American idea is about has been centralized on the trauma of black bodies. Um, mm. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> yeah expected to get that deep talking about bonnets but we talk we're talking about if we're talking about bucking black traditions then we are essentially as honey's girl says we are essentially uh 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 moving away from trauma um so yeah, that's all I got. We got uh, you got no, you got another burning question for the roach. That was all I had, <laughs> but I mean, like that segued into another conversation. So, uh. all right, y'all. Well, we will be back on Thursday. Um, for another episode of Wake and Make We Be. Mo, make sure y'all go to uh, wibridge.com to check out other episodes or you can check them out on Apple Podcasts. Check out the last conversation, the great bonnacle, the great bonnacle debate, the great bonnet debate in which we talked about a lot of things we talked about today. I do want to continue this conversation about, um, I do want to continue this conversation about, 
uh, uh, traditions in blackness. I have a conversation with Geronimo on Wednesday. We'll talk about some anthropology. Um, look up Wake and Bake with BMO. Wake in Bake, like you see at the top of the, the screen. Oh, I guess, I don't know if it still says that. Well, it should. Hey, what the title of the thing at? Wait, is it? There we go. There you go. Um, yeah, I definitely want to continue having this conversation about respectability, respectability politics or whatever the fuck I'm called in blackness. Q is right. This is absolutely a new blueprint because if we are bucking the tradition that is steeped in trauma and we are moving towards clarity and um, clarity and liberation, then some of these things got to go. Yeah. <sighs> some of these things are dope, like hip hop. Damn. But if Jay Z can admit that, what was what song was it? Was it Big Pimpin'? Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. All right. Some. All right. All right. Uh, What's up? All right. I think some of these things are gonna be. Some of these things are gonna hit closer to home than we're comfortable. Then it might be the bonnet. It might be the fade that you rock, and where some niggas are still not with me. Some niggas is like. Man, ways ain't got shit to do with white people. Okay. <laughs> okay, Jamada Dankonk, but okay. Uh, I'm just talking to me too. I lined myself up. We're going to talk about symmetry one day. We're going to talk about hygiene one day too. Y'all niggas taking all these goddamn showers. But anyway, I'll see y'all on Thursday. Have a good day. You're going to have a good day. And I'm going to go fly away. Hey, gonna have a good day. Good morning.